One, two, three. Dad without a dad production. Welcome to Dad Without a Dad. That is Dad Without a Dad. My name is Jose de la Roca, and you can follow me everywhere at Mr. Jose de la Roca. Hello, everyone. My name is Andy Griffiths, and you can follow me on Twitter at Gaming Goodness. And as you guys can tell, he is British, and I am. I, don't, I still figure out what I am, but uh, talking about ho, 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 I made a cool video on Twitter. On Twitter. Actually, I put it on Twitter, on Instagram, and you guys should go check it out because I think it was pretty cool and pretty funny. So, goddammit, go see it. Uh, you know, I just got to tell you something like this is our Christmas episode and I'm going to throw Andy a curve. So I'm going to be talking about something kind of personal that uh, that kind of I talked to my partner yesterday and I wanted to bring it up in the podcast because it's kind of related to what I do. But before... I talk about that. How are you doing today? I am good, man. I'm good. Uh, just come back from uh, Peppa Pig World <laughs> in Potton's Park with the kids. So very tired. Lots of fresh air. Really happy. Um, and yeah, kind of getting ready for Christmas, man. Uh, wrapping, putting stuff together, figuring out how many things we bought for them and all that stuff. So yeah, feeling organized and festive, which is good. Uh, so what about you? technically this is our Christmas episode and what I wanted to talk about uh, at the beginning is that uh, it, it's related to what is going to be the cover of this episode and it's related to the Christmas tree that I'm going to be showing uh, Andy. So we have a Love Grinch it. Christmas tree and basically this is what happened. So yesterday I something happened and uh it kind of reminded me of why i do things and then i uh i asked my partner hey uh can you sit down and she gave me the look like oh oh." but she was not in trouble uh i asked her i was like do you know why i keep you and my son private she's like uh and it 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 kind of relates to something that also happened that uh i told uh one of her family members not to be posting pictures of my son and i was like do you know why i don't like to talk about you post things about you or my son or why do i and she's like uh you know to have privacy i'm like yeah but you know anything else and so i'm going to ask you this andy do you know why i don't talk about my son name uh you know the whole purpose of this podcast is about being a dad but i focus it on the dad side and i don't show my son's face online and i don't talk about him i don't put him up there i don't make him do things i don't talk about my girl Uh, i don't post pictures of her i don't say her name so i keep my my private life private and do you know why i do that andy so i remember we talked about this about 120 episodes ago probably not on the podcast but off the podcast and if memory serves i have a terrible memory (laughs) i think it's to do with basically uh when your son either grows up and you want him to basically be in control of his own digital destiny so that's one side of it 
And the other side, which is kind of more along my side, is that I'm super scared of any of my information being out there too much. So like my data being cloned or identity being cloned or whatever. Um, so yeah, is it kind of a mixture of those two? Yeah, and the one that I kind of wanted to bring up to her is protection. Mm. And what I mean by protection, it's very simple. Uh, whether I water or not, uh, I'm throwing myself out there. In this family, I am the monkey. I am the joke. I am the front face. And what, whether I do commercials, whether I do this, whether I do audio engineering, whether I do a stupid video for you guys' entertainment, or just uh, share my story to inspire you guys and show you that I was able to change, and so can you. I am the face. I am the butt of the joke. I am the monkey of social media, and I am the one putting myself out there. And the more I do it, the more opportunities I have, the more I open, the more people see it, the more uh, whatever you want to call it, this face goes out there. I know the risks. I know that 70% of people will like it. I know that 10% of the people will not like it. 10% of the people probably will not care what the fuck I do. And 10% of the rest may throw some darts at me, may say things, may try to make me mad or try to hurt my feelings or just be negative or whatever you want to call it. And I get that. It's part of the game. It's part of yeah. what I'm doing. My face is out there and I have tough skin. I'm okay with people talking shit about me, whether you like it or not. I'm not here making you like it. I'm just throwing it out there. And if my stupid video made you laugh, that's good. If my stupid video was stupid for you, that's okay. If you didn't like my voice, it's okay. If you felt inspired by this short Guatemalan, that I was able to change and trying to be positive nowadays and just all I want to do is be a good dad and that's okay. And that's okay with me too. If somebody talks shit to me, you know what? Move on. Life is too yeah. short, right? And what happened was that I posted a picture of this beautiful tree that uh, that I'm going to post as the, the, the photo, the cover of this podcast. And it's a beautiful tree. And all I said was, my girlfriend does really good Christmas trees. Because a couple of years ago, she did a Darth Vader. It was incredible. Nice. And basically, that's all I said. The girlfriend really does good Christmas tree. I posted on Facebook, Instagram, blah, blah, blah. I didn't post her face. And let's just say somebody that I have met a couple times that I know through somebody else that I really don't know. Him personally, I have met him. Uh, social media too. Really don't even know his last name or his favorite color. Posted a very not so good comment. And his comments are always kind of weird. And let's just say uh, he's a rich white person in the East Coast. And sometimes feels like he voted for Trump, and let's just say he posted a not-so-okay comment. I deleted it, and, you know, I decided for finally for me to 
give him the freedom of this face. And I unfriended him because it seems like he had a problem with me. And I just gave him the freedom of not having the problem of seeing my posts anymore. So I unfriended him. And that's basically what I told her. I told her that I am the joke of this family. I am the face of whatever I'm doing. I'm putting myself out there. I'm, you know, trying to make a living out of commercials, out of podcasting, out of entertainment, out of uh, being positive or showing people that you could change and you could be better. And I'm throwing myself out there. But at a certain point, I'm going to protect my privacy. And my privacy means my niece and my nephew, means my son, means my girlfriend. And I told her whether her family, my family understands that, I don't give a shit because if I don't need to show uh, social media the person that I love a lot or the person that I do everything for, I don't need to show them how much I love her or him by showing pictures of us all the time. Because yep. if I'm not, if she doesn't know that I love her, if he doesn't know that I'm doing everything for him, for him to have a better future, then I'm failing because the only people who I should care that they know that I love them, it's them. I don't need to show X, Y, and Z. The only reason I do social media is one, to make you laugh, two, maybe inspire you, three, do you know so some marketing and and four maybe make some money out of it why not i mean people are doing it here and there i mean yeah. just go look at tiktok all this like you know people doing and making millions why not me and why not you right i mean i'm here to show you that if you want to do it go ahead and do it that's the purpose of my other podcast to show you that you know things Anybody could do something as long as they work hard, they're passionate about, and, you know, they do it for the right reasons. And all I want is my son to have a better future than I do. So the reason I don't talk about my son's name or put him on social media or show my lovely girl and be the the standard is because I'm trying to do something which is in the public eye and I want my private life to be private. And imagine if I just put that, my girlfriend did this wonderful tree and a kind of racist comment showed up. Imagine what could happen if yeah. I do other. And you know what? Like I told her, if somebody throws a dart at me, I'm okay with it. That's the game. But I'm not going to put my two loved ones at risk. And like I told her, believe it or not, if you're still listening to this, there's some weird people out there cropping pictures of kids and doing things. I just want to throw it out there and I just wanted to share that with you, Andy. And I don't know, I may be a little harsh, but it's just what I do. And again, it's the way we do things and I'm just trying to protect people. And that's it. I think it's it's definitely important to do. I mean, uh, I, I'm always worried about identity theft and stuff just because it's is happened to me in a minor way when it comes to like internet passwords being compromised and stuff like that. Um, I think for us, obviously on this podcast, like as a parental podcast, right? So we talk about our kids, but we never really talk about names or specifics for good reason. Um, but it's weird, man. Cause like, obviously your son's a little bit older than mine. 
but mine is you know he's 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 almost four and he's gonna start getting to the point now where you know he might be influenced by other people listening to this podcast and, and stories about him so you know i think in the future for both of us you know like we don't really share names we don't share specifics but i think it's going to get to a point soon well like, you know the world is so interconnected on interconnected on social media and stuff like that you know he's not going to be on social media hopefully ever um that would be great uh but you know probably until he's a teenager and then at that point you know we we'll, we'll bury these podcasts as, as much as we can make sure bury them super super deep so none of the poop stories will come out when he's old enough um <laughs> but i think for me like you know the 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 motivations for doing this podcast are, are kind of the same right they're, they're all about you know sharing stories potentially helping people laughing about it but also you know it's an assurance policy like if if i die before my time you know there's a massive record of 100 and was it 180, 170? I don't know what bloody number we're on at the moment. <laughs> of like experiences, what my voice sounds like, how I befriended, you know, a weird little Guatemala. And, and, and you know, that's what it's all about. Um, you know, and he can listen to these uh, and my daughter can listen to them at some point and get an idea, a little window into, into what we're like. Um, and I think that's important. I think on the safety side, like, you know, as a as a white guy living in the UK, I have, I don't have the same online pressures that potentially you do. Um, and that absolutely sucks. Uh, it shouldn't be that way, but we've had certain politicians, certain, uh, schools of thinking online that have kind of made the internet hostile to certain groups of people. Um, and that absolutely sucks. Uh, you know, any minorities get impacted. Um, and that sucks. Um, you know, and I'm not talking minorities on the racial side. I'm talking also about on the, you know, on all avenues. Um, you know, I think to change tax like a slightly, a little bit, um, I had this the other week when I posted about the Formula One stuff um, in support of uh, Lewis Hamilton. Um I had uh, a few aggressive comments. This isn't, wasn't on Twitter, actually. It was on a Formula One message board. It was on a Formula One subreddit. <laughs> Basically, ah, Reddit. Uh, you know, and it wasn't personal, but it was definitely vitriol, and it sucks. Um, I think the internet is, you know, we, we, we could do a whole goddamn series on internet safety for kids and, and trying to figure out how to collate uh, safe spaces for kids. It's it's such a hot button topic at the moment. Um, but I think that's why I try, try to insulate them as much as possible from all that stuff. Like, you know, there's been times when we've been talked about things in the past and I've accidentally slipped up on my son's name or you have or my wife's name or whatever. Um, and, you know, you've, you've I've made you painstakingly go through those and edit those out. Um, so I really, really appreciate that. So, yeah, I think... On this topic, you know, uh, always, always be aware that what you're posting on social media, Facebook is the absolute worst for this, by the way, um, because your name and your face are there and there are so many Facebook related plugins now. Um, so, for example, I, I post on a, on a site called Hot UK Deals, which is a uh, 
it's like a, a money saving website for like video games and stuff like that it's not hot in the internet context it's hot <laughs> in terms of like deals so temperature basically um <laughs> and like when you log in it says oh do you want to create an account and go through all these hoops or do you just want to log in with facebook and you're like ah do you know what fuck it i'm tired i'm on my phone i'm gonna click log in with facebook and you do that and it literally grabs your face it grabs your first name last name and a dot alphanumerical uh, representation just in case there are other anti out there and it's like it's fucking terrifying um so yeah uh it's a little bit of a tangent i know but i definitely i see exactly where you're coming from man um and I would not hesitate to block people that are terrible, that you don't want in your life on the internet. There's literally 5 billion, 6 billion people on the planet. A lot of them on the internet. A lot of them have terrible opinions. <laughs> like, you don't want those people in your lives. You really, really don't. Well, it seems like I scare you from doing this podcast. He was like, we're going to bury those poop stories. No, that's like great. <laughs> uh, uh, and that's actually like, you know, we do this to share with people they're not alone and you know those stories are fun and stuff so don't don't take it to the extreme what i really mean is like i'm trying to because you and i are kind of different right i'm trying to mm. be out there i'm trying to uh create a career trying to have a marketing skills, trying to get a commercial trying to make this podcast popular to have revenue and things like that right uh people are tuning in probably for you not for me but still you know <laughs> when, I don't what, think that. <laughs> what i'm trying to say is like because my face is out there i'm a very specific target right and because yeah. i do certain things people instead of saying oh you know this this sucks they could take a personal and take it to the extreme right but I'm okay with it. That's the game that I play. That's literally the game that I play. So somebody could talk shit to me about my looks, my race, and everything, and I'm cool with it. I understand how everything works. But that doesn't mean that I had to bring two people that I love along the ride, right? So that's basically what I'm saying, and that's the reason. But unfortunately, I had to literally come to the extreme and explain to people what I have been doing to protect them instead of people thinking oh you're a piece of shit because you're not sharing your wife's pictures and sons because people had different lives that i'm trying to do different yeah. different ways of going through their lives and and projects and stuff like that you know my project in life is to have a career in the entertainment business whether it's podcasting commercials marketing whatever and provide for a better future for my son. And that comes with risks, right? And that's what I'm trying to block that thing. And later on, like you said, if my son wants to be online, then I'm going to sit him down and be like, all right, boy, let me tell you what's going to happen. And if yeah. you're okay with it, then go for it. But that's not on me anymore. Like I told you, when he turns 18, I open that door and get the fuck out of my house. The same thing, <laughs> kind of. Then I'm going to be like, look, boy, this is what's going to happen. And this is the extreme. And this is... You know, I always go to the extreme and I tell my girlfriend, I was like, hey, I'm just giving you the extreme. Doesn't mean the com the comment really probably was meant like that. It probably it could have been a joke, but his tendency is coming to this point that just did it. Right. And yeah. it's it was a good way of me kind of 
showing you guys, Andy and my girl, why I do things. Like I always say, like, hey, I'm not trying to not show people that I don't love you because, by the way, who gives a shit what people think? If I'm not showing you, if you don't think I'm, I don't love you, then that's a problem, right? If my son doesn't think that everything I do is for him, then that's the problem. Yeah. I don't need to show the world, hey, I bought uh, this because I love him and this is him smiling. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, like literally this kid just had like really good uh, uh, scores on his test and they, we just got the grades and we just met her teacher for the first time. He's doing great. And there's things sometimes that they people tell us how well he is and how and that's just shows of what we do. And let me tell you, it's not fucking easy, guys. Again, one time one person told me, like, that's too much work, what you're doing. And again, people are different. And I'm not here to tell you, Andy, what to do also, right? Because I'm just sharing my opinion. You, you, yeah. I was just like my drinking. Only because I had an issue with my drinking doesn't mean you have an issue with your drinking, right? My personal, you know, genes and everything is different from everybody else. But I'm just trying to show people hey, I do things for a reason. And basically, the reason is because I just posted a picture of a wonderful Christmas tree, which is wonderful. It's, she's really good at this shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, and there was a little comment that involved a little racist in there. And from who it came from, it was kind of meant that way. You know what I mean? So yeah, let's yeah. say if my brother, which he's not even on Facebook, would have said, hey, uh, something kind of in, in, along the way, eh, I would have been like, this motherfucker, you know? But no, like that, I'm pretty sure that came in the wrong way. But again, I just want to finish with everybody's different. And the only reason I was bringing this up is basically to brought a light of why I do things and why I think having this privacy it's a very special for me because whether I'm a public figure or I'm talking out on my ass and nobody, nobody really listens to this podcast or my videos or nobody buys my book and I'm thinking too much. That little comment proved that, Hey, that's the reason I do things and I protect them. And that's why we're going to keep doing the way things that we do because I don't need to show people who she is, who he is. How much I love them, I need to show them how much I love them. I think the other side of it as well is that I do think sometimes people don't understand the impact that they can have, especially comments like, you know, like this comment or other comments that other people make. Uh, they don't understand that it has an impact. Um, so that's another thing to consider as well. Like, that's why I wouldn't hesitate to block anyone. Oh, but ever. again, like, it's funny because, like, you know, uh, I don't know why I joined Reddit. Maybe because it was Andy's fault. But it's like <laughs> you post something there and it's like everybody goes at you. And, you know, yeah. I just have learned to not give a sh- it's, it's It's a computer. Turn it off and that's it. <laughs> Goodbye. That's thing it. Is, I, <laughs> I used to. Like, because I, I, like, I got the internet when the world did when I was like 11, right? <laughs> At least in the UK, like dial up 28.8K modem and then 
56 and then broadband and all that stuff like i remember when we used to grow we used to go up in chat rooms and stuff like that and it was all live and then you had message boards and like you know i've definitely dabbled in like threads and argument threads and stuff like that but yeah it's just the world's weird now it's definitely different i see i spend time on twitter but i don't engage that much in twitter anymore just because it's it's just designed to make people argue i think it's just not good Ah, you know uh i i had two accounts one where i played the game why one when i really don't give a shit and that's basically what it is like i social media for me is to make you laugh or make you say well this guy's stupid or you know inspire you because i'm here to tell you yes you could change and yes you could be an entrepreneur and yes you could succeed because i was able to and just show you that you know you could also be a good dad or show you that hey if i'm doing this you could also do it or just for you to think that hey maybe the beard product that i promote does work is look at this amazing beard and i just did a commercial that i cannot talk about but you know Use my weird looks to provide a better future for my son. That's pretty much what I do. But do I care how many followers and stuff like that? Maybe I do for potential uh, sponsors. And that's why I had the other one where, like, I'm just trying to get followers because that's the game. It's literally a game. Yeah. Don't take it too seriously. And unfortunately, I took that one too seriously because kind of involved the person that I'm trying to protect. And that's pretty much it, you know, like, yeah. but don't worry, we're going to uh, post those poop, you know, stories over and over <laughs> again. So your son could, you know, hate you when he turns 15. That's all. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Who change. Let me tell you about peanut crunch. These baked peanuts puffs are so delicious. My son and I cannot stop eating them. Seriously, we cannot stop. Peanut Crunch are a delicious and healthy peanut treat. They have the power of vegan peanut protein, rice, beans, and a wonderful crunch that keeps active kids and adults on the go. I came across Peanut Crunch when I was watching Shark Tank, and I just decided to help out a fellow Central American entrepreneur and buy his product. So I decided to get it. And when I got them, I found out how delicious these baked peanut puffs were. And I became hooked ever since. Go check them out at peanut.com. That is P-N-U-F-F.com. P-N-U-F-F.com. And use my promo code De La Roca and you will get 10% off your order. I'm telling you guys, I cannot stop eating this great baked peanut puffs. Peanut Crunch. P-N-U-F-F dot com. That is P-N-U-F-F dot com. Promo code De La Roca. Maybe it will evolve past poop once he gets to 15. Maybe they wear a new device or a new chip or something they can put in us. But <laughs> you don't need to poo anymore. That'd be a weird thing, wouldn't it? I quite like pooing, though, in some ways. I don't know. You don't want to say goodbye to something that you have to live with. Yeah. Are you ready? Hey, are you ready for this? Are you hanging on the edge of your seat? I need a break. Are you ready? Hey, are you ready for this? Are you hanging on the edge of your seat? I need a break. Are you ready? Hey, are you ready for this? Are you hanging on the edge of your seat? I need a break. Uh. Out of the doorway, the bullets rip. Repeat to the sound of the beat. We need a break from all this seriousness and from all my accents and weirdness. And why is he talking all the time? Let the real 
star of this podcast talk and tell his jokes. Anyways. Don't, do that, Don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just throwing it to you. Hold on. The car's going away. Oh, no. You think it's because F1 is done? All right, we'll talk about that later. Hold on. We have a little segment called Andy's Jokes. And the way it works is that Andy tells a joke. And it's up to you to tell us whether the joke is good or bad. And I just want to say that I've been saying this to send me an email for a hundred and something episodes. And let me tell you, Andy, that nobody has told me your jokes suck. So, and nobody has also told me that they're good. Uh, So, without any more waiting and from me talking, ladies and gentlemen, fresh out of the holidays, the UK, UK holidays, not the American holidays. Here's Andy. I got two kids and only one joke. Griffiths. So this week I got two jokes. <clears throat> Look at that. Uh, right. Two jokes this week. First joke. <clears throat> Jose. Why doesn't milk walk well? Let me say that again. Why doesn't milk walk well? I don't know, Andy. Because they lack toes. Ah. <laughs> that, that one's a good one. That's family-friendly one, that one as well. That was pretty good. <clears throat> Joke number two. Dun, dun, dun. Did you guys hear about... Oh, this is a Star Wars one, by the way. <clears throat> Did you guys hear about the Sith Lord that couldn't hold on to his lightsaber? Such a bad joke. Let me say that again. Did you guys hear about the Sith Lord that couldn't hold on to his lightsaber? <laughs> he had a severe case of Darthritis. Should stop to the first one. I think we're probably going to have our first email this week. Hello at josedelarroca.com That was Andy. I got two kids and two jokes. Griffiths, all the way from Portsmouth in the UK. They should rename your town. Only for me. Yay! Hey, tamales are here. And since we're talking about tamales, talk about Christmas. I'm wearing my Chewbacca Christmas uh, uh, shirt. And Andy's wearing his... Nike Christmas looking shirt. It's Clemson. Clem- Clemson. Oh, I forgot you guys are. Uh, I don't even know. I think they're going on the champ. I forgot. Who cares? No, Anyways, talking about cares. you just got back from the holidays. How was that? The UK holidays, please. Yeah, so we went to we went to Butlins for a week, which is awesome. Uh, so Butlins, Bognor Regis, it's like very close to Portsmouth. They have. It's like holiday camp, kind of all self-contained. Um, so you can't get out. They won't let you out once you're in, because uh, it's all for kids, all for tots. Um, and they have lots of different shows that are kind of like a couple of steps up from like amateur school productions, but like loads of steps down from like stage shows. So uh, we went to a PJ Mask show uh, primarily for my son because he's absolutely obsessed with PJ Mask. Still, really hoping he grows out of that soon. Because uh, that show is garbage. Um, and what else? Uh, we went to see a panto. 
pantomimes are an English institution. Um, they are something that I have grown to appreciate as I've gotten older. Uh, if you talk to 25 or younger year old Andy, he hates panto. So pantomimes are basically kind of camp uh, uh, shows based on kind of fairy tales or folk tales. Uh, they've always got a, uh, an old guy in drag that sends uh, that, that has like questionable uh, jokes that are like cheeky. It's always got like a lead that needs saving. Uh, and it, yeah, it's it. Uh, pantomimes are a different thing. They're they're kind of cool. Uh, I appreciate them now. Um, they usually have involved songs. My son loves songs. He absolutely loves songs. He loves stage shows, which is crazy. Um, and what else did we do? Oh, they had a massive swimming pool thing there as well. That um, uh, that we went to. Uh, my son is absolutely terrified of heights, but hoping that he kind of grows old of that. So we walked up this massive like indoor water slide um, to only have to walk all the way back down again because he didn't want to jump down. That's fine. That is what it is. That's what being a parent is. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to get him down there at some point. Um, but also, like the thing that I really notice about going to this 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 holiday resort swimming pool thing is that like people just don't wear it, like the dads are kind of just in in there was a couple of dads in speedos, which is you know when there's kids around, I don't know. So speedos are like super tight and they hug everything. Yeah, right? but isn't it? Don't you live in in Britain? Like, yeah. isn't that like yeah, one on one? <laughs> yeah it's cold here um but uh lots of guys in speedos lots of women in like uh, bikinis and stuff and swimming pools yeah um that was cool uh yeah it's just it's just weird it's just odd like when you've got like two kids and you're trying to hassle them around a swimming pool like you know the amount of people that had to like readjust themselves all the time it was just really odd because like bits were falling out and stuff. Like I, I just, I, I was wearing the, the, you know, the, 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 you know, like knee length short things. Um, and I was cool with that. And I didn't have to like tuck myself in at any point or whatever. Everything was, was secure. But the amount of people I saw readjusting themselves, it was just, it just made me reconsider a lot of things. Yeah. Well, uh, I think you, you you went to a movie, right? Like, isn't that like the 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 main uh you know plot for like a scary movie where you go to a place for kids and it's like a camp where they don't let you out and they have like bad <laughs> uh, theater where you sit down in front of them and then at night there's cabins and then somebody's gonna get murdered and then people go to the you know yeah I think you went didn't you just experienced like Scream two or three. <laughs> <laughs> so the the trickiest thing of going away with two kids right is that you've only just figured out how to really get them to sleep in where they live right so when you take them to a hotel room and you're like yeah just sleep they don't fucking get it like they don't get it so my six month old she slept okay she had this sleepy head thing that so at the home she has a cot and she can do whatever she wants in the cot. She's 100% safe. But when we went to this place, we, d we didn't have a travel cot. Um, she had something called a sleepy head. And a sleepy head is this weird, like, imagine a mattress, but it's kind of, like, hollowed out in the in the middle. Um, so she can't, like, roll out. She can All she can do is, and she 
can't really asphyxiate herself, which is good. But she can she can just like move a little bit. And we stayed in this place for like five days. Uh or four days, sorry. And she's gotten used to like just being in the center of like a mattress now. So we've kind of screwed up her sleep a little bit. And it's taken her a few days to get used to it. Um and my son gets sleep terrors still. And sleep terrors are like they wake up and their body's still in this weird like dream state and they are just screaming the house down. So we had that a couple of nights as well in a hotel room. Um, to be fair, we were in a really nice hotel room. I uh, overlooked Bogner Beach, <laughs> which uh, is a beach, uh, apparently. Uh, the weather was really <laughs> shit while we were out there. Um, but overall, it was a cool holiday. It was good. It was a good holiday to do with like a, a three-year-old and a six-month-old because you kind of, you know, you don't want a full-on holiday. You don't want to have to like do stuff. You kind of just want, Hey, we're in this place. Restaurants are nearby. A beach is nearby. Activities are nearby. And you can kind of opt in to do those or not opt in to do those. So, yeah, it was quite relaxed, which was good. I feel I feel rejuvenated. And then I watched the F1 on the weekend, which just made me feel dejected and angry, which kind of dispelled all the holiday good stuff. But, yeah. All right. So, Regis. it was cool. So, as a foreigner... From your country and from this country yeah. too, I guess. Because uh, <laughs> uh, uh, um, I was just, you know, I went. We went for like a, a, you know, my my son is at home school and through Zoom and blah blah blah. So she finally yeah. decided to. So we met like the other parent, and he started playing with kids. So I started talking to this guy, and then uh, really nice guy, and. Uh, but it just at some point I was like, "This is, this is cold. We need to leave." Like I'm not used to like here in the states in in California. And I was telling him how I've been to 40 states, yeah. uh, and the best city is LA because it's 75 degrees and sunny. Because I like warm weather and I can't handle. So I don't know how English people do, but for what I see in here. You guys are used to the cold, and that's like the normal. And yep. I understand that you guys, some cars don't even have AC, and some houses yep. don't have AC. And I know that you guys are used to the cold, but I still don't get it. Is it winter over there? And why are you guys on swimming pools? And why are you guys <laughs> going to pay to be cold in a swimming pool? Okay, explain that coldness, swimming pool. Isn't it winter over there? So it is winter, but everything's indoors. So all like ah, all of the okay. stuff where you're like semi-naked, it's all indoors. Um, there are outdoor swimming pools. They're called Lidos. They've been very slowly going out of business across the UK because of how cold it is. Um, and uh, it's become more common for, for indoor swimming pools to be a thing. But there's a massive lack of swimming pools in our country, like huge, 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 because a lot of them were built in like the 70s, 60s. Um, and indoor swimming pools a lot of the time because of like if you think about swimming pools they are basically just ideal places especially when they're indoors they're like the perfect places for viruses and bacteria to like spawn like they are think about it right like you know do an experiment have a bath in your home and then leave the bath water for like two days like stuff will happen to that bath water i haven't done that experiment but i'm just saying like it's bad like when you add water into a hot environment 
or a humid environment, even worse, uh, like swimming pools are, bacteria is everywhere. Uh, especially when you introduce like fecal matter, which <laughs> that does happen, um, or any sort of like uh, refuse matter as well. Anyway, um, the, that's a separate blog. That's my own personal blog. Swimming pools are hell. No, I don't really have that blog. But um, at the moment, those swimming pools are kind of coming to the end of their life and they cost massive amounts of money to build and to upkeep uh, indoor swimming pools in particular. Um, especially in the UK, we've got people going from extreme temperatures. So yeah, uh, in the South, there are not many swimming pools at all uh, per capita uh, per person. So yeah. So to actually be able to go to an indoor swimming pool whenever we wanted to like just mess around was actually was really, really cool. My son really enjoyed it as well. I gotta tell you, you're 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 such a better dad than me in that way. Because if somebody comes and tells me, "Hey, your son likes uh, to go out and swimming pools, and we have this place where they do mimes uh, theater, and you're going to be indoors with people splashing around," I think I would have left by the time they say mimes and never come back, but you went to that thing. So congrats on you. You're such a I good did. dad. I did. But Jose, you didn't see me when I was sat there. <laughs> like my wife, my wife just didn't drag me to them, but they're, they're really, they're really hard to tolerate some of those shows, but there's some of them are really, really, really entertaining. So there was one that we went to called Dino Rocks it was really, really funny. Um, Uh, and it was like a, a rock show with dinosaurs, which sounds like the worst thing in the world. Uh, but it was actually really, really funny. So yeah, they're, 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 there's good stuff. There is good stuff there. You I just have to suffer through some of the Peppa Pig sing-along stuff. And I think my girl <laughs> knows that uh, it will backfire if she take us to a place like that. Because let's, let's put it this way. I, I, I was raised kind of by myself and the way for me to uh, uh, express love is by talking shit or making a uh, defense mechanism is to make fun of stuff so i'm sure that she would know that if she takes me to a place like that i'll be talking shit about everything and then i have uh, a thing number two that imitates everything that i do now so she will come back with a mini jose talking shit about everything that That she's like, no, it's okay. We'll probably stay home because this fucker is going to ruin his life or make me look bad. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so let me let me give you two. I'm gonna give you two stories that it's kind of the second one. It wasn't funny at all until now. Uh, but the first one is related to this. So, uh, because my girlfriend, uh, let's just say she brings a lot of plants and they all die. So the joke that I've been saying is that she brings plants to to kill and uh, she is really good at killing plants. And two days ago, uh, my son in the other room was doing his Zoom meeting in front of a bunch of kids and uh, the teacher. And I just hear him says, my mom brings plants all the time and she kills him. <laughs> <laughs> What did the kids say? I just started laughing and I text my girl. I'm like, hey, your son just ratted you out. She's like, you see what you do? So everything comes back to me. Um, yeah. And story number two, which now is the funniest thing ever. 
But at the moment, it was one of those tipping points that I just didn't know how to react. And I was so frustrated with, I didn't know if I was doing things wrong. I had to talk to my girl because my son gets to a point that words are not enough. We tell him things like a hundred times and still he does it. And I don't know what else to do. But now it's funny. And the story goes like this. As you guys know, I do uh, some acting on the side and I just made the calculations. I get like 2.5 commercials a year. Uh, since 2017, I've been doing this and so far I have had 11 uh, projects, pay projects. So I count those as, you know, things that I do because people select me to do things and they pay me to do it. And I'm very grateful for it. And I just do it, you know, with a smiley face because I love doing that stuff. And now the COVID and everything, most of them, I want to say half of them are, you know, either Zoom meetings or they are something that I shoot myself. Not like, you know, like I record yeah. myself and yeah. I send it and stuff like that. The the TurboTax commercial that not only they pay me to be there, but they help my son with his future. I literally record it in two minutes and that's how I got it kind of everything started of course I needed to do another process and stuff like that so I'm always you know doing auditions that way here sometimes I had to go to Glendale LA depending on the thing and this audition was uh, about well I don't know if I could say it but I I had to do a quick audition and it was very simple it was about me just doing this facial expression and as you could tell my face is very impressive and those are the best where I don't have to talk. <laughs> and um, I didn't think much of it. I sent it and they gave me a callback and a callback saying that, hey, we like what you did. Let's just bring the producer and the client and see if they like you. Uh, so I got a callback and this was going to be a Zoom meeting. And I had done it before. I put it right there by the counter. And then uh, it uh, the, the camera's facing the hallway and... Basically, all the way at the end of the hallway is the bathroom. The first door is uh, my son's bedroom and then our bedroom in the back. And I shoot it that way because if they need me to see my whole body, I'm able to walk back and they see my whole body. And then, you know, and I have done many of those, like literally a lot. So I tell my son, hey, at three o'clock, I'm going to be doing an audition. So just for you to know. And before that, I tell him, hey, you can start reading your books And this is something that he goes in there and right now he's actually reading his books and he's going to do something else and he could be there for hours. Uh, Of course, he doesn't stay there for hours, but he could be there an hour or two if he wants to. So I tell them and then he started doing it. I close the door. I log into the Zoom. I already have like, you know, uh, everything ready and I'm just waiting for the thing to show up and they come up and... It's funny because it's the the person who's going to direct you, the director, and there's like four or five screens that you never know who it is. It could be the owner of Coca-Cola for who I care. could be the producer. It could be very important people or it could be nobody. You never know. But you never know who is literally watching. And they're like, all right, Jose, we like what you did. So can you do it again? I'm like, okay. So I did it. And then, uh, all right, usually a callback is literally that. And they close it and <laughs> bye-bye and never see you again. Sometimes yeah. when the director comes in and wants you to do different things because they like you. It's like they like they know you could do things. Director yeah. comes in and he's like, all right, I like this, but I want you to concentrate and do this different. 
And I started doing it, and the door opens, and my son comes out, and I turn. I'm like, hey, buddy, like, what's what's up? He's like, I want water. I'm like, all right, well, at least say hi. And I'm like, I'm sorry. And then and I'm like, and then I grab him. I'm like, hey, we talk about this. Uh, give me five minutes. And then I push him into his, I'm like, I'm sorry that. But they're like, no worry. I said, let's do this. And then they're like, all right, we like that one, but let's do this. And we like this, but this, and then the door opens. And I'm like, uh-oh. I'm like, what? Uh, What's going on? Uh, and I'm like, what's happening? I'm like, and then he goes to the, the bathroom and I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I need to go to the restroom. And I turn and I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, I'm so sorry. And they're like, all right, let's do this and let's do that. And then like they, they want me to do simple little things that are very specific of my face. Yeah. Because, you know, I have this face, weird <laughs> eye. And then he doesn't close the door and he starts peeing. <laughs> And at this point, I don't know what to do. And I don't remember what I did. And I'm just thinking, please don't let him come out like naked. Because sometimes he just, you know, takes out his, you know, like he's pulling up his pants. And I'm thinking, so I literally forgot what I did. And I'm in front of a director. I'm in front of maybe the owner of the big company that I'm auditioning for, the producers, who knows. And I, I just remember doing what they want me to do. They liked it. I said, I'm sorry. And they're like, don't worry about it. Blah, 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 blah. And then Did I you clo- get it? And then I closed the commercial. Uh, I closed it. And then I go to him like, what happened? And he's pooping. He's like, I need to poop. <laughs> and I'm like, and I said, you know what? I'm very mad. And I know this is going to be funny in like six months. But right now, just give me some free time. Please don't bother me. Because you literally what happened he's like well just but didn't i tell you and it was a big deal because i didn't know what to do because i told my girlfriend like girl i really don't the first time it was my mistake for not telling him hey six-year-old do not come out until i come here but after him not listening and say hey just give me five minutes stay here in this room and for him to come out to leave the door open for me to listen him peeing it was I was burning. I was like, of course I didn't do I just calmed down and I had to ask for help. And she we went over things that we needed to work on. I uh, yeah. I think I even I was so frustrated because I didn't know if it was me doing something bad, how to make a six year old understand things that we tell him all the time. And yeah. at this point I was like frustrated with our our dog because she just had surgery and we be going through a lot she she can't go out and i think everything boiled on me and i was so like i didn't know what to do i think i almost cried because i was so frustrated but now it's it's a funny thing yeah and let's just say the result came out good and uh in a way and but it's so funny because that happens. It's probably one thing that if I ever make a movie, I'll put that scene there <laughs> because it's so funny. And I, I literally told him, I said, look, son, I know this is going to be so funny when we talk about it in a month. But at the moment, I'm very mad because this is how I work. Unfortunately, yeah. this is how I work. And I'm not saying it didn't happen and nothing, but... So I was mad. So I just want to share that with you and everybody. I think the thing is, when you've got a poop, you kind of got a poop. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, at least no. close the door. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I've definitely had times with my son where he's gone into a bathroom wearing trousers and then he's come out and just gone, I don't want to wear trousers anymore. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I, that definitely... I, I can relate to that. But it's... I mean, that was the funniest thing because he just comes out and, and I'm like... Andy, I'm, I could be in front of a big-time producer. I don't even know. And then I'm doing things that the directors tell me while my son is peeing with the door open and you could see, you could hear that. The thing is, like, if you think about that process, I mean, there'd be, you know, uh, callbacks with, like, dozens of people at a time, right, potentially. You'll be the dad with the pee kid. And that could be a cool thing that you remembered by, right? That could be like, like if I'm a producer, I'm remembering that shit. Like I'm not going to forget that shit. So yeah, and could then, be a good thing. Uh, uh, my agent sent me an email about something and I'm like, I can't believe this is happening because this happened. And they're like, ah, don't worry. Now there's things like that happen all the time. I was like, all right. <laughs> but I, I don't know. What do you do when words are not enough? You just got to keep, you got to maintain your composure because shouting never really helps. No, I never uh, shout, but I was like, at, yeah. at what point a thousand times they don't get it? The thing what? is like, you just get, I, so there's a, there's kind of an inside joke that me and my, how, me and my, my wife have, which is, um, uh, you have to look at things through the innocence of a, well, three-year-old, right? Um, and it sounds really lame. And that's why we say it to each other because it just makes us laugh. So whenever there's things with my son where he does it and we're like, what is going on there? Where did that come from? Or he's because he's constantly calling us poo heads at the moment, which is <laughs> kind of funny. But like at some point you kind of not you can't really get away with that. Um, but it's, you know, I think especially when it comes to stuff like that, like you because you can't really explain to him. The, the gravity of the audition, right? Because you don't really want to get his hopes up that you, that you, that you'll get it. But at the same time, like he needs to know that it's important. So yeah, it's a really tricky one. We, we have a similar thing because obviously my, my wife's working at the moment and she has really important clients that she has to deal with. And there will be sometimes where he comes home from, from school, well, not school, but nursery. And like, you know, the first thing he wants to do is, you know, bound up and see his mom. It's perfectly, it's a natural thing. So we've had to have discussions with him about like, you know, and it's tough for a three-year-old, right, to show restraint and go, you know, sometimes please don't knock on the door, please don't do this, you know. Um, but I think you're right and your agent's definitely right. Like this is this is the world we have to live in now with, with COVID and, and all this stuff, you know. Digital meetings are the way forward. So yeah, I, it is a really tricky one. I mean, I, I struggle, right? Like I always not struggle with my temper or anything like that. I just, I, I struggle with not shouting and I don't shout. Um, but when we were potty training, there was definitely times where I was just like, I just need to, you know, like I'd say to my wife, like, you know, you, you just gonna have to talk to him. Like I can't talk to him because if I talk to him, I yell at him and I'll do more damage than, than, than good. So yeah, it's, it's a tricky thing. I think that is something that, you know, I don't want to be, sexist about it i think that 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 something that impacts mums as well as well as dads but i think there is there is something related to testosterone and 
and you know the 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 masculine industrial complex that tells us from a quite young age that it's okay to lose your temper which i don't agree with um and i think you know men sometimes are a bit more liable to lose their tempers sometimes so you know i think the main thing with that is always you know that's not related to your thing that's related to my thing more than anything else that's something that i've had to get used to being a parent and being a dad is that i think sometimes you just got to be really aware of your own of your own kind of mental state i think because there's been times when i don't know i've been playing my thing always comes back to games right that's the thing <laughs> my thing always comes back to games i know i'm an idiot but it totally does when i play rocket league and i've had a particularly bad game or i play football manager and i'm on like you know the 20th game in a row that i've lost or something i'm not a very nice human to be around and i've basically decided not to do those things anymore because i want to be around and i want to be here and uh you know it's all about knowing what your triggers are right uh, and anything that puts you in a slightly negative mental state like you want to limit those things like as much as i i i mean i love football manager and i love rocket league <laughs> and i always want to play them and it's like an abusive relationship to a certain extent because i'm like oh maybe things have changed so i'll go back to it like every four months and then i'll get it'll get its hooks into me and then i'll play it for a whole week like any spare time i've got and then i'll hate it by the end of it but you know it's just always having awareness of of your choices what you make and i think when you're a parent you just have to just chuck everything into being a parent um i don't think there's any other way to do it because otherwise you, you just feel like you're not doing anything right um yeah a little I, bit of a tangent but and i yeah. think this is how much like i think I always thought I would be like losing it and throwing shit everywhere and, yeah. you know, get to a point that maybe spank him. But I think what I have noticed, and I think I have told this to you or you guys or my girl, this comes out that how much I love him. That yeah. where he takes me to a boiling point where like any other parent could either spank him or throw a. A plate through the window or i hear some neighbors doing like going crazy i just calm down and i just kind of get disappointed and yeah i get calm and i said look man i'm just trying to do it for your own good and i talk to him and explain him and i think a funny thing has happened now that we have a dog and i feel bad sometimes I tell the dog to do things and sometimes we tell him and like last night, uh, unfortunately, the dog has to be in his crate for 14 days. The doctor literally told us you have a hyperactive dog and she just got spayed and she said you have to keep her in the crate for 14 days with a cone wow. on because she they, they saw how crazy she gets. Like, eh, yeah. eh, and wanted to say hi to everybody. And she's like, happy, happy, and goes crazy and cries for everything, and goes super excited. And literally, the doctor says, Look, you have a hyperactive dog. And if you don't leave her in the, in the crate for 14 days, she's going to, her cut is going to get worse. It's going to open. Something bad could happen to her. We don't want that. So the crate is going to be your best friend. Just take her out for uh, dinner, lunch, maybe pet her a little bit and put it back in so she's been struggling with that and last night she was crying and 
she had already gone pee, poop, water. I took her out and she came back and she wasn't letting me sleep. And I literally didn't know what to do. So I just grabbed her mouth and I'm like, please we be quiet. And she's like, it's just, I, I guess I pressed it too hard and she started crying a little bit. And you know what it was? She had dropped her toy on the side and she was crying for it. Yeah. And uh, so I think my son has seen how like it gets to a boiling point and I had to do something with her. Cause like, like another time, like she, I take her out to pee and she wants to like jump and I'm like, no, Bluey, like, what are you doing? You're going to hurt. And then she doesn't listen. So I just got to grab her color and bring her down and put her like in a state where she doesn't hurt herself. And sometimes she gets like scared and she cries. And I think yeah. my son has seen that. And he probably sees like, oh, I better not fuck with this guy now. <laughs> because with him, it's just I never get mad or, or lose yeah. my temper. I just like get frustrated. And I I literally calm down and my voice goes from like high to like low and be like, hey, son, you had disappointed me today. And I want to <laughs> tell you why I'm doing things. And but this you, is you- how Pizzo shit i'm gonna make you feel just by talking like this so you better please understand that by you letting me do one thing for five minutes it's going to bring a better future and pay the bills (laughs) so my son (laughs) tells me to not do a look it's like daddy don't look at me like that (laughs) And and that look is literally like his eyebrows raised eyes wide just like a look of like dude what are you doing like, what's going on? And he literally, I never yell at him. Uh, even during potty training, even when he didn't listen, never yelled at him. But I did look at him like screaming with the eyes, like, look. Um, and yeah, he still tells me that sometimes. <laughs> um, I think, you know, when you, when you, I, I would explain it to your son, like when he's seen what you're like with, with the, with the dog, because, you know, especially when like you're, you were, um, making her go down like you were doing that for a good reason you didn't want to expose the stitches and 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 all that stuff you know i i would always i think explaining is always a good thing i think kids take on way more than we think um uh like all the time um and like so my my son even though he's three like i explain things to him i know like 95 percent of it goes over his head but five percent of it it's you know sticks and it's the weird five percent usually not the good five percent but you know it, i always think it's good to talk it out i mean the only thing with my son is that he just he's always talking <laughs> like always he's not shutting up so really enjoying my six month year old not talking at the moment uh because if he's any if she's anything like my son like he's he's just gonna talk all the time but, but yeah. actually talking so we were just watching a a video of when my sir my son was getting mad at my my niece for blowing her own birthday candles, <laughs> and he is three and he's speaking like you and I are speaking, and it's that wow you know it's very like wow you know uh and but yeah like look with the dog, I tell him like I'm like for example today right, I took her out. And she didn't want to eat. Put it back in the crate. Took her out the crate. I took her out. And she's eating. Because I know she's hungry. And then it's time to go pee-pee. So I'm like, hey, Bluey, let's go pee-pee. And she goes outside. We go pee-pee. 
and it's time for her to come in. And again, she cannot jump. She cannot get excited. She has a big surgery. They literally told me, look, this is a major surgery that she just yeah. had. You cannot let her be excited. You cannot let her be jumping. So I went back to the table and she wants to like start jumping. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You can stay here, but relax. And then I'm like, you know what? Let's just, please, let's go back to your crate. And I literally talked to her like a human. Louis, please, let's go back to your crate. <laughs> Louis, please go back to your crate. It's for your own good. 14 days. She doesn't want to do it. So I grab her collar and she gets like fancy. She wants to jump. And then what can I do? So I just pull her collar a little bit stronger and then start pulling her. And sometimes she goes like, but I mean, what else can I do? I cannot pull her from her back because that's where the the whatever female Centuries, stuff yeah. is and then one time i tried to pull her through her uh, like armpits and she started crying so i'm at a point where i'm like i don't know what to do and if she if i hurt her well what what i literally told you bluey please let's go to your crate 15 times and you know what listen i don't know what else to do this is my first time with a dog so if i hurt her i'm sorry but I'm, i've been trying you just gotta ride it out man is it right out? Uh, it's a few more, few more days, right? Um, Christmas. <laughs> What's up, guys? Jose de la Roca here, and I'm happy to announce that I have partnered up with Live Bearded to share with you all the amazing products that make my beard feel and look this good. So go check them out online at livebearded.com and use my promo code de la Roca to get 10% off your order. Go check those guys out because they're amazing bearded guys just like I am. And they only have one mission, for the beer men to look, feel, and be their best. So go check them out online at livebearded.com and use my promo code De La Roca to get 10% off your order. That is De La Roca, D-E-L-A-R-O-C-A. Won't be long, won't be long. I mean, it's tricky, especially when they're, when they're super young, all they want to do is jump around. Like always, like they're looking for any excuse, and they're super energetic. So, yeah, it's tough. It's yeah, tough they told us how big the like I could see the cut is big. She's getting better yeah. now uh, because she's been her crate the whole time. But it, literally, the the doctor goes like, "You have a hyper dog," because they saw how yeah. crazy she was going just by doing nothing. And she's they're like, "You need to keep her in the." Cr-. And I'm like, 14 days? Are you sure?" And she's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Well, she's." She's the vet, right? She knows better yeah, yeah, than yeah. I am. And she yeah. literally told me she cannot be jumping. Don't uh, if she gets wet, make sure you. So the first day she pee on herself, and we're trying to clean her. Not even t- we were like, we we have done so much for this dog that when she's crying for a toy at three in the morning, and I already took her out two times, gave her water, food, and I, I lose my temper right there. So it's always the dumb shit. <laughs> like i think you can get in your head about it it's like yeah it, it, you need to have that like hierarchy of needs thing in your head all the time just give them toys all the time and you like, know what's funny I, but obviously at three o'clock in the morning who the hell's sentient enough to solve some of those problems but yeah you know what's 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 what kind of helps is when i feel like shit for grabbing her mouth and she cries a little bit and then I go on YouTube and try to see what I could do. And then I see these trainers do worse things to train dogs. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, at least I feel better. Thank you, trainer, pulling her collar like crazy. 
Yeah, yeah. So I was like, but oh. I think you you, you want to be the thing is you want to be nice, right? That's the thing. Um, yeah, but yeah, at the I end mean, of the I, day, like yeah. the trainer says, they're animals. They ha- they you cannot talk to them. Someone says like one one trainer was telling like this this guy, okay, you cannot just like push 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 your dog, so they could they will not notice. You had to literally go, and then yeah. like for example, they're trying to like the dog do what I want to do with Bluey, like not go crazy with another dog or another person. So he takes the dog on a walk. And when the dog starts going away from him, he just like pulls really hard on the collar and the dog goes like to the side. And then I'm like, oh, shit. All right. At least I don't do that. But if the trainer's saying and it's working, hey, hey. <laughs> you just have to figure out like what sort of dog owner you want to be, right? Like I think it's it's really difficult because you want to preserve the character of the dog. But at the same time, you know, you need to teach them. So, it, yeah, it's definitely a fine line. It's a lot like parenting, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, I think it's, it is really difficult. Um, but this is the hardest bit. It gets easier as I get older. 100%. <laughs> uh, all right. Before we leave, um, how you doing with F1? So, for the first time in, what, seven, eight years, your boy yep. hasn't won? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, I'm not sure if it's that many years. I think as a Nico Rosberg won it in 2015, I think it was, or 2016, something like that. Yeah, I think it was 2016. So he's won it basically five years in a row, Lewis Hamilton. Um, and I think there was getting to a point. So basically, Formula One goes through this where uh, it happened with Michael Schumacher, where he won like five um, championships on the trot as well um, back in the early noughties. And then a guy came along called Fernando Alonso, who was like a young upstart at that point, basically challenged him, and then he ended up winning. Um, that happened without controversy. I think the, the, the toughest one with this one, so it was at the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, last race of the season, Lewis Hamilton absolutely bossed it. Um, he, he qualified second, overtook um, Max Verstappen first corner. And then basically there was a little bit of controversy with Lewis avoiding a collision with Max a few corners later, again on lap one. And then after that, he kind of sailed into the sunset. Like Lewis was was way ahead of Max. Last few, uh, last within the last 10 laps of the race, he was something crazy, like 14 seconds ahead. And then Nicholas Latifi, a Williams driver, uh, who ironically is supplied engines from Mercedes, ends up crashing his car. It needs to be a safety car. Safety car means that uh, everyone has to bunch up behind the safety car. Um, but because it's so late in the race, at that point, other drivers have been lapped. And what that means is that they essentially have been lapped by the lead car. So that means that they are between the lead car and second place. And second place is Max Verstappen. So what's usually the case at that point is that either as a race director, you let all the cars go, uh, as in unlap themselves. That can take a few laps to happen. And this crash happened with like three laps to go. So, you know, and F1 usually doesn't really care about races finishing behind safety cars or not behind safety cars. Obviously, in a safety car scenario, cars can't overtake. Um, You know, everyone has to hold station. Uh, But for this race, for whatever reason, for the first time in Formula 1 history that I can remember, and I've been watching Formula 1 since I was like seven, um, so, you know, a long time, um, the race director decides to 
let all the cars between Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton unlap themselves, which is about three or four cars. Now, usually at that point, super exciting, one lap to go. You would think everyone in the Formula One world will be happy that Max and Lewis got a chance to settle it on the track and overtake each other. Because prior to that point, these guys were tied on points coming into the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, the last race of the season. But Formula One isn't just an engine formula. It isn't just about the power of the engines. It isn't just about the aerodynamic designs of the car. It's also a tire formula. So what that means is that if your tires are super old and you're racing against a guy that has brand new tires, you're usually going to lose. doesn't matter how good your engine is. doesn't matter how good a driver you are. They've got more grip than you. They've got better traction of corners, better acceleration. They've just in a better point. Um, if we go back to the last lap of the race between Max and Lewis, Lewis had tires that were 25 laps old. Max had tires that are zero laps old. Oh. He literally put them on after the safety car. And basically what happened is that Mercedes were in an absolute bind because Max Verstappen was behind, the Red Bull driver was behind Lewis by a sizable margin. Whatever Mercedes do, if they pit Lewis and get new tires, they keep Red Bull would have kept Max out. He would have track position. And with three laps to go, like 10 cars being lapped at that point behind the safety car, either the lead driver basically would have to um, defend against the guy behind him who's got like between him, there's like uh, the lead driver, there's like four cars who have been lapped or five cars between the second driver or um, the race just finishes as it is. So Mercedes were completely stuck. They couldn't pit Lewis because they would end up behind Max and basically not have track position. Um, so they did the right thing by the history of, of Formula One standards. Um, because, you know, if a race finishes behind a safety car, you can't overtake. And they basically would have handed the championship over to, to Max. So basically, the race director had a choice, which was either uh, a guy called Michael Massey. He either had the choice of letting the race finish under a safety car and letting all the cars unlap each other or letting cars not unlap themselves and there would be three cars or four cars between Max and Lewis. But what they decide to do in the first time in Formula 1 history is to only let the cars that are between Max and Lewis unlap themselves. So Formula 1, there's 20 cars, uh, 22 cars or 20 uh, racing at any one time. So basically that decision meant that anyone behind those four cars was completely fucked because they could not unlap themselves, which meant that they were a lap behind everyone else. So not only was it unfair to do that, uh, it also meant that by doing that, the Michael Massey race director basically handed the championship to, to Max because once you've got uh, tires that have degraded 20 laps, essentially you've just handed, you've, you've made it impossible for Lewis to defend from the guy behind him. Um, what they could have done and this is something that I put on Twitter and something that I put on the, the Formula One subreddit and got absolutely torn to shreds about it by Max Valance, to be fair. Um, this is another thing that's happened with Formula One over the past season. It's become really, really tribal, and it wasn't before. Um, it was never a case of Max or Lewis or Red Bull or Mercedes or whatever. It's usually been quite nice, whereas this season, for some reason, because it's been so tight and so competitive, um, 
you know, there, there's a lot of anti-feeling. And it's one a lot like football, to be honest, become really, really tribal. Uh, basically, what the race director could have done is he could have red flagged the race with three laps to go. At that point, everyone goes into the pits. Everyone gets to change tires. Everyone gets to basically... Because um, uh, on the red flag situation, with three laps to go, they go in. The lap counter stops. So it always remains three laps to go. And then everyone can change tires so everyone's equal. Everyone can go out in the order of, of the standings and the timing standings that they actually are. And then they could have gone out, started behind a safety car, done one lap to warm up the tires, and then had a rolling start. That would have solved it. And there would have been no controversy. Whereas now there's a weird point where basically, you know, Max overtook Lewis with like after three corners, won the championship. Uh, and Max is the young upstart, right? He is the young guy who's who's only been in Formula One. I think he's 23, something like that. Uh, but he's a really, really talented driver. Uh, and Lewis is a lot older. He's he's my age, I think. I think he's 35, 34, something like that, 36. Um, so yeah, it's it's created this situation now in F1 where people like myself think that Max was basically gifted the championship. People who are Max fans are like, finally, the FIA gave my guy a break, um, which isn't necessarily true. And you've got this weird situation now where the sport seems to be leveraging entertainment rather than the sanctity of it being a sport. Um, so, yeah, uh, watch this after coming back from Butlins after the holiday. <laughs> it, 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 it didn't anger me. It's more like I was just a little bit disappointed. Um, you know, there's... So now let me ask you this: Like, uh, yeah, uh, I'm just a fan from yeah. far away. I don't know yeah. details like you, but I trust you. And for what you said, yeah, they handed it to the guy. But now uh, I know that if he knows the rules, the the guy who makes the rules or tells the rules, he did it on yeah. purpose. And do you think he's just saying, "All right, enough of you winning," and there should be a new face? It's a really tricky one. I, I don't. I don't think it's a case of that. I think it's that Formula One, uh, Formula One management, so it's run by the FAA, so the Federation L Automobile is French, but it's like multinational. They just elected a new president. Um, there was a directive agreed between all teams, which was, you know, the starring thing of this championship this weekend was. The, the Max and Lewis championship battle because it's really, really rare for, I think it's only happened like once before in the history, like 80 year, 100 year history of the sport where two drivers have gone into the final round and been tied on points. Like that's never happened before. So there was during the uh, driver's briefing meeting or team briefings uh, on, on, earlier in the week before the, like on the Friday, it was agreed between all teams that they would do everything they could so that it was settled on the track and not settled in the courts or settles in the steward's office. So I think what happened is that they were so obsessed, like three laps in with getting this thing decided on the track. Whereas one could argue that it was decided on the track before. That's why Lewis had like a 15 second lead at that point. It's because they had a stronger car, they had a stronger driver. They, they should have won that weekend. But I think what happened with Michael Massey is I think either he panicked or he was so obsessed with this idea of them having to settle it on the track that when there was an accident so late in the race, he was like, fuck, I can't have it finished behind a safety car. That's going to be horrendous. So what do I do? 
well, I can't, I need to get those lapped cars out of the way. Um, so I don't think it was anything malicious. I really don't. I just think it was the rules of the sport not being applied to. And obviously I'm an armchair fan, right? Like I, I, you know, you make me race director, I'd make a shitload of mistakes all the time. But I think the point is, is that when there is a scenario that's at your fingertips that avoids all this controversy, they should have taken it. Um, you know, especially where the accident happened with Nicholas Latifi, like it was literally on the racing line. Like, you know, they easily could have red flagged the race for that. They've red flagged races for worse. Um, and they decided not to do it. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it was just a mistake all round. Um, the FAA has come out and said it was a mistake and they need to learn things from it. So it has been admitted that it was a mistake, but it's just like, it's sullied. I feel bad for Max Verstappen because it's sullied his, his championship a little bit, which is crazy because, you know, he's been the best driver this year. He really, really has. Um, and I feel bad for Lewis because he's been denied a championship when on that race weekend, he's done almost everything right. So yeah, it's, it's not a good situation for the sport. Like literally, you know, I said like me and my wife are massive F1 fans. And like I said to my wife, like, I don't know if I'm going to watch next year now. I don't know. I might take a break from the sport. Cause like, I think that, you know, the drive to survive Netflix series has done so much for the sport. It's made it so much more palatable to so many more people. It's attracted interest and that's good. But I think what Liberty Media, who own Formula One, what they've done with it, I think they've kind of lost something or they have a fundamental misunderstanding of kind of the sanctity of the sport. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm definitely looking on all this stuff with keen interest. I don't think the championship should be taken away from from Max Verstappen or anything like that. Um, I really, really don't because I think he probably deserved it at the end of the season. But I think it's just the way that it happened. It just made it... It just sucks for everyone, really. It's just a bad situation. Well, I, I think uh, to give the, the director a break, yeah. uh, the rule is there, right? Yeah. So it's not like he invented a rule. So to give him a break, it's like... Hey, if you don't like this rule, why in the fuck is he here? Yeah, yeah. He well, that's, exercised that's a rule well. that it was a rule that everybody, if if you didn't like it, go change it, right? I mean, yeah. there you go. And then also, like, I mean, I'm going to root for for your boy because he's my boy, if you know what I mean. Uh, and uh, but uh, let me ask you this: as a fan, and is anybody going to? you know be better than him ever i don't think so no okay. i don't so uh, and i think he's 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 on his you know formula one drivers tend to be on a downward trajectory in the latter well i'd say 30 onwards they're on the latter half of their skill trajectory but to be honest with you lewis has been amazing this season um and max has as well i think that's what makes it so hard to swallow because it's been an awesome season there's been things to talk about all the time um But yeah, Lewis is the best Formula One driver I've ever seen. Um, yeah, uh, I, like no one will touch him. I mean, but Max has been able to go toe to toe with him this year, which means that he's also incredibly talented. And you don't tend to get two guys that are that good at the same time in Formula One. At least you get guys that are that good, but they don't have the same machinery. Um, whereas this year, they both seem to have very similar machinery. So. Yeah. No, because really I'm a fan from far away and just because I like the series. Who was number three? Because uh, I know my boy from Spain, 
uh, went to uh, Ferrari and I saw him on the podium a couple times. So who was so third? He was on the podium this Sunday as well. It was Carlos Sainz. Uh, so he was on the podium so this weekend. Who was third? Uh, I think overall in the championship, I think it was Bottas. Um, oh, okay. Or, yeah. Or I know Sergio Perez was up there as well. So, yeah. That felt cool too, man. And where's yeah, he at? Yeah, he's good. What's that? Where's Is he in Red Bull, right? Yeah, he's at Red Bull. But he's um. So he's had an awesome career because he drove for Force India for the longest time. Uh, and then they became Racing Point. But he And then he joined McLaren a bit too early in his career. Uh, alongside Jensen Button, and he was just a bit too raw for them, so he went back to Racing Point, and he's just, he's an amazing driver. He's so kick-ass. He's really, really f- uh, like fast, really clever the way that he fights other cars as well when it comes to overtaking and stuff. So yeah, love that guy. And when it so comes to marketing, Jesus, I'm telling you, like the Mexican uh, fan base is. Did you, I don't know if you know this? Did you know what's what team is the best-selling jersey in the world? No, who is it? Mexico. No way. Yeah. So the Mexicans, my fellow Mexicans, my son is half Mexican. They support their sports like there's no tomorrow. And yeah. shout out to Vicente. He he died and it's a legend. And anyways, but um, yeah, I like I like the sport, man. And it's just incredible to know that I don't think there will be an an it puts you in perspective. You're a sports fan, right? And if you think about it, we have lived to see probably because you're almost the same age as I am. We have lived to see the best of the best ever. We have seen Tom Brady. Unfortunately, I don't like the guy and I don't, you know, as a Raider fan, you don't root for him, but you cannot take away from what he has done. The yeah. best quarterback in the world. We have watched it. Uh, Lewis Hamilton. We the best of the best. Tiger fucked it up for everybody, but it's still one of the best. Yeah. Michael Jordan. Kobe Bryant. Messi. If you think about it in sports, we have seen the best of the best. Yeah. You know, it's. Think and you're the same way uh, as I am. You are with Formula One as I am with Barcelona. It's like ah, fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, massive shout out to Sergio Aguero as well. We had to had to retire this week, but yeah, uh, it's um, it's awesome. I know. I, I'll definitely watch Formula One again. Uh, it's just <laughs> you know, you have to as a fan, right? You have to kind of. It's good to take things into perspective because like Formula One is, is, you know, it's three hours out of your life for like 19 weeks of a year, right? And that's if you watch qualifying as well, which I do. <laughs> and then I probably watch a little bit of practice as well. So that's at least six hours probably from that weekend just gone. Uh, it's a big old commitment. Um, but I love it. Uh, it. Yeah. I love motorsport. And uh, who, who invented the sport you guys right so it was actually invented by the french so the first the first motor race uh like officially sanctioned motor race was invented by the french i think it was over the alps i think it was i'm not sure it was like a rally basically but the first formula one race was at silverstone in great britain i think it was 1949 
if memory serves. And that's um, why Ferrari is such a staple with them, right? Well, Ferrari have basically... <laughs> they, Even though they, they're Italian, I know. Relax. I know they're Italian. I know. I know. I know. But like they, they, they've, they've been part of the sport since almost year naught. I think uh, definitely since year naught. So I think you know it would be a worse sport without them for sure. But like I've been to Italy during the Italian Grand Prix and like it's Ooh. fucking nuts. Like there are. I've never been to the Italian Grand Prix, but I've been in Milan during the Grand, uh, Italian Grand Prix, and it's like. Yeah, it's amazing. The Tafosi, Ferrari Tafosi are awesome. So, yeah. Right. And before we go, what are you doing at Christmas? What's I... the Griffiths tradition, the 24th <laughs> and 25th? So, the Griffiths tradition is usually I spend half the day with my wife's family and have dinner with them and spend the other half with my brother's family and take the kid. Now we've got two kids. So, I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, I don't know what we're going to be doing yet. We're definitely going to be having dinner around my uh, in-laws, which is awesome. I look forward to that every year. Um, and we're going to try and see my family for the second half of the Christmas day. The only thing that's fucking it up a little bit is all the COVID stuff that's going on in the UK at the moment with this new Omicron variant. Uh, so we've got 100,000 infections. That's where we're trending towards a day. Uh, it's everywhere at the moment, so I'm just praying that I don't get it and won't have to self-isolate for 14 days if I get it. Uh, so after today, I'm literally not doing anything. I'm not seeing anyone, and then we'll see people hopefully during Christmas Day. What about yourself? What's the plans? Hey, I'm surprised you don't. Um, the last stop is uh, your in-laws, because I mean they must throw like the best fucking part. I mean, if you're going <laughs> to get lit and drunk with somebody, I think. You know, your in-laws is like the best place to go and get lit for, right? Those guys, I mean, every time I see them online, it's like the best. I want to party with them. It's like <laughs> I really want to have a beer, non-alcoholic beer with those two guys because it seems like those fools know how to party. And I'm pretty sure they're not going to be on Twitter while you're taking a tour of one of the best uh, breweries in the world. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely circle back and go there. We tend to spend New Year's Eve there as well. That's there always go. pretty good. But yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's tricky, man. I mean, you know what it's like. Like, the bigger your family get, Christmas Day becomes a little bit more difficult just because you have to go and see people, and it's great to see people. But you, you yeah. Um, and then, uh, if anybody's still listening, and just uh, to throw it out there, what do you want for Christmas, Andy? Oh god, uh, I don't know. Um, uh, there is an awesome game that I don't have uh, <laughs> called. Um, what is it called? Uh, it is a Marvel game, uh, and it involves uh, the guys. Oh, there's a cat. Uh, there it involves. Um, oh god, what's it called? It's the. Uh, That's how much you want. Guardians, it's the Guardians of the Galaxy game on Xbox One. It's super cheap at the moment. It's like thirty quid. Um, yeah, I'd love that. Uh, it's like a very good story-based game, um, really well acted. Uh, yeah, it's 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 amazing. It's an amazing game. So, so we're looking forward to playing it. And this cat literally just like <laughs> step into the webcam, and he literally is right there. Whatever he is. you see, that's what we don't like cats here. Nah, no, just kidding. Uh, well, there you go. If anybody's still listening and is still looking for a gift for Andy, he would like to have Guardians of the Galaxy on PS. 
<laughs> on Xbox One or PS5. There you I'm go. Not uh, I'm not fussy. Here, uh, we have the Latino uh, Christmas on the 24th. So we'll have food here at the house. And my son will open a couple gifts in at midnight. And then we'll travel to my brother's to be there on Christmas Day all day. And... We will take our dog for the first time and we'll see how that happens. Uh, she will be done with her cone and happy and she could pee everywhere every time she sees uh, somebody new. And then <laughs> we'll have a lot of toys. And uh, uh, as you can see in the Christmas tree that I will be the cover of this show, Santa Claus has arrived and has put a lot of toys for my son. I think they're for him. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, so before we go, I just want to say Merry Christmas, my friend. Thanks for everything that you have done this year. Uh, every, uh, not only go see us in Ireland and, uh, you know, if maybe what I want for Christmas for you, cat, not to be in front of my face anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm he kidding. goes where he wants, man. He, uh, he wants to warm his butt on my laptop. Uh, what it is. I'm actually getting a, a Lakers jersey for Christmas and it's arriving today. <laughs> I got it myself and building the the people here. Uh, that's how you do it here in the in the, the La Roca family. Uh, my first Laker jersey, and it's a, a throwback of Magic Johnson, because the Kobe Bryant was too expensive, like three hundred dollars. So I just decided to, uh, when we went to a Laker game, when we took our son for his first Laker game, uh, we went to the store, and it turns out that I'm a, a youth, uh, so I'm able to get a cheaper a cheaper jersey. For, you know, for uh, our budget. So I got myself <laughs> uh, Magic Johnson Youth XL Laker jersey. And I sent the bill to the loved ones here. And that's pretty much it. Before we go, uh, any shout outs? Uh, I do have a question. Did the adult one come down to your knees? Uh, n- the M one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, how can I have that when I, you know, dunking on my kids' little basketball? <laughs> <laughs> uh shout out shout out just uh, shout out to anyone that's, that's got this far thank you so much for listening we really appreciate it um and uh massive shout out to my brother uh uh just for being lovely and and helping me out in the week and um yeah uh and to my lovely wife lovely kids um and my cat that likes warming his butt on my laptop <sighs> i don't know well all right before we go Yes, an hour and a half. Who the fuck is listening? Uh, <laughs> now that I have uh, been, now that I know that next dog will not be a puppy, will be an older dog, one or two. Uh, but you have a cat, and you've been around dogs more. Yeah. I work from home, have three, four jobs sometimes. I have to raise a wonderful, beautiful boy. Who would have been easier to take care of, a cat or a puppy? Oh, a cat, 100%. Easy peasy. <sighs> you fucked up. Uh, I still don't like those motherfuckers, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure I did. Hey, nobody asked me to get a puppy, so now suck it up, Jose. Uh, when I wish everybody who's still listening a Merry Christmas. Uh, we'll let you know whether we make a last show, but if you've made it this far, we want to say thank you, Merry Christmas to you. Thanks for following us online. Thanks for listening to this. Don't forget to go give thumbs up. And are you changed again? All right. I already changed my music. But anyways, <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram at Mr. Jose de la Roca. That is at Mr. Jose de la Roca. I want to wish 
Merry Christmas to you, Andy, the Griffiths, and the, I forgot <laughs> the last name, but you know who they are. Par- Sparky, Sparky. Spark- <laughs> I swear I don't drink anymore. I swear. Anyways, you have been listening to Dad Without a Dad. Merry Christmas, everybody. One day, I will stop a push medicine and have a beer with y'all. Till next time. Sparky. Sparky. Thomas. You're looking for Thomas.